Spears and Steinberg. You know what the fuck it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah. Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. Hey, give it up on the main stage for Candy. That's how our uh, DJ sounds here at the Improv in Raleigh. The white man who is built like a toad with legs and has hair that is reminiscent of a colonial coin. He looks like Ben Franklin. Yes, from the side when he walks. And he, I fuck with him and he loves when I fuck with him. Uh, but you know, you, you could tell, I think he said at one point he did something with ACDC back in the day. Yeah. He worked with bands and he was in a heavy metal band. He's been around a long time. Well, in the what music was industry. the place at the club in New York, the, 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 the rocking place that was closed down, but was big in the eighties in, in, in New York. York. It, it kind of like it, when the disco era was going out, oh, uh, um, studio 54, not studio 54, the rock club, the rock club, the punk rock and, and. It was like oh, CBGBs. CBGBs. Look, I gave you clues and you did it. Um, I think he told us he was. Didn't he say he was associated with CBGBs I at think, some point? I think he had. I think he had been. I been. I think he played there. I don't know if he. But that's he, his world. Kind yeah, of. that's his world. He was in heavy metal, mosh pit kind of guy. Yeah, and he really does look like Ben Franklin, though. Yes, he has that long hair. Yes, it's balding kind of in the middle, and, and he's all straight, white. All white. Yeah. yeah. Um. But when he intros, you know, starts to show, welcome to the improv, blah, blah, blah. Y'all put your hands together, get ready. Are y'all ready for a good night? He does it with this heavy metal motocross energy. Like you had a motocross he said, event. He said uh, uh, monster trucks, which I think is perfect. All right. Because that guy in the monster trucks always used to go, you have to pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. And right. That's the, that's the kind of... Uh, uh, like Tony has. Well, the audience is, was this, this, this is going to be our fifth show tonight, our last show Sunday. Yep. Friday's audiences were really good. Uh, the first show wasn't as good, but it was still okay. You know, decent, good enough. But then the second show last night was a struggle for me and Andy. And, I, and I'm saying I think that Andy is, was set up to lose in the beginning because of the way this dude intros. He, he, the, the room is predominantly black. And you come in with that energy. And it just, <laughs> niggas don't, you know what I mean? We, we not. And the tone is wrong. It sets the table wrong. Well, every time he goes, uh, are you ready to, are you ready to have a good time tonight? Yeah, I just thought that the DJ kind of just. Set the tone set in a the bad tone way. Set the tone in a bad way. A room full of black people and you doing. 
But if you would have got a huge, if you would have got everything you wanted out of that room, I would agree with you a hundred percent. But I, I think it's a combination of everything. Cause that room just didn't, it didn't have that energy. And I even said it at the beginning, like I said, at right. the beginning, I think though, some, sometimes here in the South, they're just a little, uh, overly polite where they don't, they want to have polite conversation, polite comedy, polite conversation. When you say something like when I do my joke about, uh, my son, who's yeah. autistic, that, that, that they take that personally. Like, oh, I don't know if you should be talking about an autistic kid. Like, right. it almost seems like they uh, that it's not polite enough. Now, now the other audiences didn't have a problem with it, but some audiences I've seen here in the past have had a problem with it. And some of your jokes obviously cross over that polite threshold. Now, some of your stuff just hits hard, even though it's it's hard. But some of it just there's this little politeness that comes out, and in, 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 in when the room is packed like it was last night, and it was packed. So I, I don't I don't know uh, I I don't think it helps but I think you got to make fun of it I think I need to make fun of the the voice right uh, yeah I told you I would have said last night you know if I were you I would have just been like yeah uh, big shout out to the DJ uh, for that motocross fucking tone and intro in front of a room full of black people yeah I just don't uh, I I don't really have time to devote to the guy on the fucking. No, you I hear you. Yeah. I just yeah, to but me, that, that's, that's it was thing, bothersome though. to yeah, yeah. me. It, but it is. It was painful. Um, in other news, really quickly, <laughs> um, Andy shocked the shit out of me visually. Uh, I I I come down to the <laughs> lobby for us to get in the car to go to the show, and for a split second, I got the first thing I saw was a side profile, and I just went, mm, something's different. <laughs> then when I caught the front profile, I noticed he shaved, as you can see. He shaved his beard down to my level. This nigga looks like a gerbil. Yeah, like, like, it's it's. I, I don't like this look. No, I don't like it either. And I, and he and he said he you know he had his own reasons for doing this, but I'm like, dude, that full beard, you wear that well. It, it's your look. I've had it for almost twelve years, like twelve years consistently. That big long beard. Now it's been bigger than that. This is like the the look that I've I've been having lately is the smallest the beard's been until now. Just it had to go. It, I don't know if it's a gerbil or a hamster. I think it feels more. I went with Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any one of those are wrong. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna call you from now till you grow it back. Uh, Pucks and Tony Phil. Yeah, I I hate it. I wanted I wanted to grow back. Obviously, I I I, uh, I I had a moment and I took it off, and that's what it was. You had a white woman rage moment. Yeah, I just and you went bananas. I'm fat, and I and I and I could feel how fat my face was, and I go, I need to see how fat this fucking face is, and it's fatter than I've ever imagined it being. I need, and, and I, I'm 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 gonna lose this weight. I'm not. I've said it before. It's we're we're eight months in, and I haven't lost shit. I lost like I think like ten pounds at one point throughout this year. And I think I've gained it all back, and it's not—it's not happening. We're going. We're going to get rid of it. I'll put it on my phone as my screensaver. Yeah. This is my motivation. Look, what, notice how the the camera and the flashlight is my nipples. <laughs> it's perfectly placed. Um, you should get if you get that look. You should get a tattoo like that with the flashlight. And you, you know what? <laughs> if I've got that look, I can pull that off. Nipple and the flashlight. The tattoos on it. Yeah. Um, so of course everybody. Is, saying they wanted us to mention it any thoughts on the alabama 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 brawl you know i i really i, I really don't know I, I i saw you know i saw some of the clips and then i heard the captain the captain was the captain he was on uh mm -hmm. cnn and you know 
if you, I have an opinion, but I don't really have any, like, I don't have any facts or anything about it that I saw. I just wish <clears throat> black people would come together like that in all aspects of life. Uh, Cause I, you know, before I had seen or knew anything about it, <clears throat> all I knew was what was on the internet, but I hadn't, I hadn't delved into the particulars. And then once I, you know, found out all oh, the black guy was doing his job and then a couple of white guys started jumping them. And it just looked like to me, like a couple of hyenas jumped on a lion and then the pride showed up and I loved it. I, I, I fucking loved it. Cause they lions made hyenas do what hyenas do when there's a pride of them back the fuck off. So, uh, yeah, but these, these guys didn't back up. It, 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 it's really weird. And, you know, there was a young 16-year-old kid that was fighting, you know, that was part of the, the crew from the ship. Mm-hmm. And he got he got fucked up, too. White kid or black kid? White kid. It was fighting with the black dude. Well, fighting with the black dude? Yeah. Unfortunate. Well, no, but, I mean, that's what he should be doing. It was the cat. He was the he was part of the crew of the ship. But he got fucked up by other black dudes? No, by the white kids. Oh. Wow. Because it didn't this this is where it's like why I said I don't really have I don't really have a good opinion <clears throat> on it. Uh did you hear the captain on the thing? No. Okay, so the captain said uh, they pulled they were pulling in to the to dock and they had like 200 people on the boat. And this uh pontoon boat that apparently belonged to these kids, the ones that you saw in this fight, uh was sticking out past the point where the, the boat couldn't get in, so he couldn't pull it into the the dock to the unloading area. So those 200 passengers on a ship could get out. Right. So I guess he does this thing where he says, uh, uh, like over the loudspeaker, he'll call out and say, Hey, you know, cause it happens. I mean, it, there's a lot of people it's crowded. He calls out, Hey, where has the pontoon boat? We need you to move the boat. It's blocking the dock. We have to, so we can unload our passengers and no one came. And then it, like, uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to be word for word what he said, but then, I guess he sent his the cat his uh, his crewmate that who was his assistant captain. I don't know mm-hmm. what you call the 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 next guy in charge, who was the black dude, and he got off, and I guess the uh, the the kid who's sixteen got off too, and uh, they're looking to see who it is, and the, and the the captain announces it like three more times and says, if you don't uh, if you don't call if you don't come forward, we're gonna have to call the police. We need to move the the boat. And so they go down, and then I guess the kid and uh, the, the first mate, that's what he calls him, it's Gilligan. Right. It's Gilligan, the first mate, is going to uh, move that pontoon boat. And that's, I guess, what they do. It's normal procedure that if someone's blocking the, 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 the slip so they can get in. And so they go to move it, and I guess that's when these kids finally came out, and uh, they attacked them. Uh, they, they, well, there was some words said, and then the fight is, and the captain you know, calls the police, and Everything, you know, goes on from there. But, you know, I'd like to, you know, you know, you the, the fight occurred because of, of the situation. But was it a black man and these white, these white kids that I, I don't think it had anything to do with him black other than he thought he could get away with it because he was black. That's what I think, because uh, it was more it was about him moving the ship and it was a black guy moving the ship. So he thought he had some say. And I think that's why it happened. Uh, and so every, every, the fight was correct, but the, the 16 year old kid, he got fucked up by those kids too. So uh, as everybody wants to make it just, just black and white, I mean, there's other things that go into this. And the kid was there with the, with that first mate guy, the, the black dude, and he got fucked, he got fucked up by those kids too. So yeah, it, it's, you could make it a black and white issue. Cause obviously I think there's some, there's some racial tones in there, but it, it's more than that. And, but I think it's that these kids think they could be doing whatever they wanted to do. 
<clears throat> it was a nice African moment where the call was sent out and all the gazelles and all the uh, African animals' heads popped up and did their civic duty. The dude swimming uh, over? Did you see the dude? Oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> Somebody shit on the internet was absolutely hilarious. Somebody cut together the opening of Good Times and the names that were supposed to be the cast members were the people involved in the brawl. Uh, someone else did a Star Wars take where how Star Wars starts off in a galaxy a long time ago. And then, you know, how that screen yeah. with the... And they, again, they all the names were somehow geared towards aquatic and names to fit the moment. Creative shit. Speaking and, and, and I just wanted to say this because I know people are going to write in and say whatever they're <clears throat> going to say about me for undancing. Uh, like I said, I think these guys would have been a problem for no matter if it was a black dude or not a black dude. But I think that, like what I said, if you heard it, I think because it was a black dude, I think they felt like they had the option of doing what they did. And then they learned. You're going to learn today. Uh, because uh, the, black, the, the white girl, she was the last one, I think, to be charged. And uh, so she's learning right now, too. Um, on the way over, I downloaded this movie uh, about my father. You know that movie? Uh -huh. Sebastian Maniscalco and De Niro. Yeah, I know it, but I didn't see it. Do You saw it? What a complete fucking dud. Dude, that's so horrible to say. No, 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 Andy, I promise no, you. No, I know, it's horrible. I, I feel but, bad. But listen, and here's why I was so anticipating this was going to be great. But then I thought, I don't think it was great because I didn't hear nothing about it at the box office. It made no noise. So now I'm going, this makes sense because Sebastian Maniscalco, one of the hottest comedians on the planet, and I thought him... And De Niro playing the stereotypical Italian dad, which feeds into Sebastian's persona. Man, this movie was going to be dynamite. Andy. They missed. This shit is terrible. Nothing funny. Nothing stands out. And, of course, they're playing on, you know, Sebastian. The whole Sebastian. He does that thing he does. Nothing. Um, the reason, oh. the reason I knew, I thought it was a, a, not a hit. I'm going to put it that way. Not a hit. Um, I didn't even see Sebastian talking about it. Well, that's odd too. But like I said, had the movie come out and it'd been a, a monster, you would have heard it. You, you, you would have yeah. heard rumbling. I've heard nothing. But even, even a decent film, you would have seen Sebastian. I would have saw him on the on, on social media. I would have seen him saying some things. Right. I would have heard other people talking about it. And then the actor side alone, De Niro just coming, you know, being on some interview, right. entertainment, nothing. 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 Andy, I'm telling you, and I don't, I don't know if you want to see it or not, but but of course, oh, I, 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 see I wanted to see it because I just, you know, as a comedian, I wanted to see Sebastian, what, what you know, what him do his thing? What, we, what was he going to bring to it? And then again, the combination with De Niro, I just thought, this has hit written all over it. First of all, you got Robert De Niro. So that's a huge liftoff. And again, he's playing, and you know, De Niro doesn't do much comedies. What we've known him for, what we've known him for is the three. Meet the, meet the Fockers franchise, analyze this, analyze that, and now this. So this is his third a stint at comedy. Oh, no, no, no. You forgot uh, the grandpa thing. Uh, oh, the, that was... Oh, okay. The one... Do you, do you know which one? With Zac Efron. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> and, and actually, he did do that other comedy with, pardon me, with uh, the four old, they, they put four old guys going to Vegas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Uh, I actually like that movie. Who was that? Morgan Freeman, Robert De Niro, Michael Douglas. I forget the fourth guy's name. I actually thought that that was all right. I didn't see that one. It was all right. And I didn't mind the grandfather one either. I didn't see that either. It, it was actually kind of funny in that the, the chick is in there, who the really hot, the, the one that has all the parts. She, super skinny. She's very famous. Uh, uh, why am I going to forget her name? Uh, uh, every white actress in Hollywood. No, she, she's a little, she's, she is a little different. She's a, uh, damn, I can't remember her name. I, I but in any event, her. Um, and I just, again, thought De Niro's playing into his Italian shit. Man, this thing's going to be explosive. I, I can't believe they missed this badly. This badly, dude. I mean, I, I watched this, and 40 minutes in, I'm going, are you serious? It was horrific. I, you know, like I said, without hearing anybody say anything about it, I kind of assumed it was one of those things we were going to see. I was waiting for it. Did you see it? Did you download it for your uh, iPad? iPad? It wasn't like, I thought maybe I'm going to wait for it just even to be on the plane. I don't want to pay anything for it. Uh, how much did it cost you? Uh, $14.99. Two months. <laughs> <laughs> so I was waiting for it to come on the plane right. or on, uh, you know, one of the platforms. Yeah, that, dude, I, you know, I'm, I'm so curious for you to watch it now just for your reaction. Yeah. So I can go, was it me? Dude, this fucking movie. I just bad. feel I, I just feel bad because Sebastian's a really nice guy. He nice. is, and he's and he's and he's and he's hot as lava. Yeah, but I don't know how they missed this this bad. You know, I, maybe content needing content out. Wow. So whatever it is, but uh, that's too bad. That's too bad because I mean, the reason it's too bad. The reason I'm really feeling bad about it is for Sebastian. How many opportunities do you think you get to work with Robert De Niro? How many opportunities do you think you, you get, period? Period. But then, and with Robert De Niro. Right. That's, that's. Right. You put some extra on that when you right. put that, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. The with movie, Robert De Niro, it's automatic. you automatically got a lift off. Yeah. If the movie misses, it's one thing. If the movie misses and you're with Robert De Niro, that, that's. <sighs> okay. The meat and potatoes. Um, Andy watched, much to my surprise. Uh, the two-part documentary. I, I, just watch, no, 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 I, just, I just didn't think you would watch it because you're not a boxing guy. Yeah, but I, you know, he's he's he was kind of beyond boxing anyway. Um, Oscar De La Hoya, uh, part one, part two, documentary. Um, and you know, I, I I just wrote, man, because you just never know someone's story until they tell it to you. Because you assume when someone looks the way he does, is rich and famous, that they're perfect inside out, and he opens up. The thing talking about this cultivated, a uh, perfected image that you know was was made for him that was not perfect. And so again, from the outside looking in, I'm going fucking attractive as a motherfucker, successful as shit, rich as shit. Women want him. He was the, probably the Michael Jordan of the welterweight division at that time. How could what's how, what's not what's not right? But and and as he goes into this, uh, he breaks it. He breaks it down from the beginning. Not from right. the beginning. Not right. Um, is it me or did his dad kind of have like Joe Jackson vibes? I think uh, most most parents that are, I think, put that on their children that want them to succeed. 
and you know that want them to do well in something that they couldn't do well in or that they didn't reach their goal. Right. I think most parents are like that. I, I, Joe Jackson, you know, you, you use him as that example, but I think we there used to be that military kind of mentality that you know we I didn't make it because I just wasn't disciplined enough. So I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to put it, you know, I'm going to I'm going to put these rules in. I'm going to make it in place. This is going to be all we do. Uh, I, I think that I think a lot of people become that way. Right. Uh, let me ask you: Would you later in life hold resentment towards your father? If his strict, almost abusive ways to you as a child led to you being as successful as an Oscar De La Hoya or Michael Jordan. Because later in this, De La Hoya talks about how he didn't have a childhood. And when they cut to the, 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 the part in part two about him dressing up in women's clothes and the provocative photos that were taken and leaked, uh, you know, both him and the stripper who was involved, she described it as, him letting loose as a child, being the child that he never was. So again, my question, you got a father like a Joe Jackson. And of course, obviously, uh, the physical abuse should never come into factor. Uh, and, 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 and Oscar's father wasn't associated with any type of physical abuse. But nonetheless, whatever that stern, strict, you want to call it discipline or regiment that you force on your kid and you become... Michael Jackson, you become Oscar de la Hoya. As you get older, do you hold that against your dad or are you appreciative? I think it's a combination, but I think you hold it again. No matter what, you hold against the other person what you're missing. He's missing something. He's missing part of what he what he thought was going to better round him, make him a better person, a better identity. Cause you have nothing else to blame it on. Who else? What, what everybody wants to blame it on something. You can't blame it on yourself. You didn't choose that, but he kind of did choose boxing. He kind of chose it, but he only for the love of his dad. I, I don't know. It's a very complicated. I think we all, well, the, maybe the, 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 the desire of his dad, but he, what he said, which we later learn is the big lie is that he did it for his mother. But it wasn't for his mom. But when he did it for his dad, his brother got attention because his brother's getting attention because he's boxing and his dad loves that his son that his son's boxing. He sees that. He wants that same kind of attention. So when his brother dropped out, he took that attention. He took he he wanted it. So he stepped in. That's how he ended up with it. And the fact that he happened to just be better at it. Well, but but that they didn't know that at the time. He stepped in. And but he stepped in for the love to get the love from his dad that his brother was getting. It wasn't because he loved boxing. He wanted it because his dad, he knew that it would make his dad love him more. I think we are so we're, we're all we, I, you know, and it's easy to blame uh, the other per, the, the person of this interest because we're all seeking. I mean, it sounds so, so silly. And so uh, just everybody says these kind of things like we're, we're all searching for that love, that thing, that missing part of us. Uh, Barry Katz talks about the hole and that's why we do comedy is to fill the hole and you got to fill it with, uh, you know, your own development and you'll never fill the hole. hole. Oh man. This is, this is, uh, this is, this is the, uh, since the age of time, this is what we've talked about. What makes us go. And none of us are perfect people. So yeah, I, I, I think he wanted his dad to love him. This was a way to get his dad to love him and it worked. And, but it comes at a price because, some of your other de- development or the other things that you hide from. And who knew that he was hiding from this thing with his mom? No one would have known that, especially the way that they portrayed it. This one's for my mom. I wish my mom could be here. This is for my mom. And knowing right. the whole time, 
fucking hates his mom. Wow. <laughs> you know that 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 he breaks that down uh, later in uh, episode two, but since you mentioned it, might as well ride the wave. Uh, yeah, I might as well ride that wave since it's here. But it's just like you know. Again, he he said my mom wanted me to win the gold medal, so I did it for her. He said, you know, normally when boxers face off in the middle of the ring, as the ref gives the rules. They look at each other. He said he purposely stares up and not look at his opponent because he's looking at his mom. But then in this, he talks about how his mom slapped him and she would slap him and beat him. And, you know, he would he would get so angry that when he fought in the ring, he would picture her face on his opponent. I love that part right there. And I just went, damn it. My mother was a cunt. Well, you know, I still think he was looking up, but he was like, you fucking bitch. Right. I fucking can't stand you. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, I hate you. I, the, the fucking thing you, I used to, used to, do, good, used to do a good Oscar de la Hoya. Uh, yeah, man. I'm like, God damn. You know, you're holding that resentment in. You know. And, and, and that's what he said was the big lie. The big lie. But it's also what, may, uh, you know, and this is where do you, do you connect with these other parts of your feelings? That big lie is what made him beat the shit out of other people, though. That big lie, putting their mom's his mom's face on those other right. boxers, right. is what made him take people's heads off. That that's it. So you know when you say these things like mad at your dad, mad at your mom, mad at you, but you're getting to you you don't even realize how you're getting to what you're. getting. That's what I'm saying. Like I like 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 it, it, if the trade off is no childhood, maybe a little bit of abuse from mom and dad. Not hugged as much, but you get to be Oscar De La Hoya, the superstar, the wealthy fucking mogul. You get to be Michael Jackson, the king of pop, beloved all over the planet. As a kid, you're not, you know, you, that doesn't matter to you. But when you're grown, in hindsight, you're going, yeah, now that I'm reflecting, it's not a bad trade off. Yeah, but I don't think you ever, the kid doesn't ever grow up that's in you when you have that situation. And so you you refer back to the your childlike presence. That's how you get in your problems. That's how you have problems. I mean, I mean, you keep using Michael Jackson, so let's use him for a second in, in this uh, in this conversation. He doesn't have a childhood, so he reverts to childlike activities. He wants childlike things. Now he has kids coming over his place. Now he's being accused of child molestation. You have to you have to deal with the, the kid in you so that you don't have those kind of problems, that you don't go back to those. Now, I'm one of those people who's still, I don't, there's a lot that goes into those Michael Jackson stories. I'm not sold on it. I, it was, as far as I'm concerned, I'm not sold on it. Uh, there's a few problems I have with the stories that, I, I, as much as parents, and as evil as parents can be, and I'm saying there are evil parents, and as much as you, uh, um, but is, is, if they're your kids, I don't think there's the right amount of money to 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 get rid of to to be paid off for your kid, and you wouldn't want that happen to other people's kids. Now, the other side of it is some parents would be in, might be embarrassed if something did happen, and they'll take the money and they'll be quiet because they don't want they'll feel it'd be better for their kid because then he doesn't have to go through it, and they're not talking about it. who knows. I, I really don't know, so that's all speculation. But I wanted to add that too because I didn't want to make this sound like I'm. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm believing these stories all 100% on Michael Jackson. Uh, but I know he didn't deal with his childhood, so that's his problem. That that was what caused him his problems. De La Hoya, not dealing with your problems, having these these issues. You're drinking, you're self-medicating, 
you're going, if you don't take care of those problems, if you don't do something about them, then yes, you can have that big life, but you're not going to ever get to enjoy it because it's going to fall apart. You also said Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan may have had whatever kind of parents, but the parents loved him. They gave him love. They they supported him. And look at his dis- the different decisions on how his life has turned out. Now, somebody can make a, a documentary next year that we find out something different about uh, Jordan, but I don't think so because the mom's always been pretty upfront. The dad's, the dad's, there is some stories about the dad, but I don't think that that rubbed that, I don't think that it was anything but love for Michael as he was coming up as a kid in support. Right. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the difference. That's the difference that just having some uh, parental units in your uh, life that actually give a shit about you as a human makes a right. huge difference. Um, you know, since this is a, a, a boxing documentary, uh, which can be seen on HBO or Max, uh, to the boxing fans out there, and and maybe Andy, one day when you're just chilling, uh, something else you should check out uh, on Showtime. It's called Four Kings, and it's basically it. oh, you've seen Four Kings, yeah. yeah. That that's another awesome one. So uh, just because I'm not a big follower of boxing doesn't mean I don't love sports. I watch everything with sports. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't. Yeah. Know that, I didn't know you yeah. didn't see it. Uh, but yeah, for those of you listening, yeah, it, it chronicles um, the best era in boxing for the welterweight division. In the 80s, and it tracks uh, Roberto Duran, Marvin Hagler, Thomas Hearns, and Sugar Ray Leonard. I'm telling you, man, of the boxing documentaries I've seen lately, Four Kings, uh, the macho Hector Macho Camacho was awesome, and this thing was awesome. So that's a high recommend uh, from me. Um, Dude, when Oscar De La Hoya does the uh, Harper's Bazaar photo shoot, and she tells the story about how... uh, Bob Arum was mad because he was like, I wanted Sports Illustrated, but she got him this. And of course, this was the introduction and the explosion to the next level, to the next level. Uh, Because listen, man, and I said this when I was doing Best Damn Sports Show for the Vargas De La Hoya fight, which I went to, I interviewed De La Hoya and I'm sitting as close to him as I am to Andy. Damn, man. It's good looking motherfucker, man. Like, you, you get why the girl, when he got the shirt open with the six-pack, the black gelled hair, like, that motherfucker was pretty, man. But he, like I said, brought the motherfucking goods. Well, and, and you know, this just just for the Harper's Bazaar area here. You know, a lot of boxers are tough guys. Like, right. he doesn't, he you know, he obviously he's going to say the things that a boxer says, and he's going to have that. But he didn't seem like he was someone... Like like a woman could feel comfortable around him. It wasn't right. uh, this aggression, you know. It wasn't right. uh, uh, there. There he had this presence about him, and uh, I, I, you know, he was one of those dudes, man. Like when I was growing up, you know, that's you know, in a that's what you kind of wanted to be like, you know, right. good looking but strong, but you know, had that, you know, you were macho but you were not. Scary. I don't know how to put it. And he, dude, he's so good looking. And I'm going to say it this way: he's so good looking that even after all these years of boxing and the fights and taking the punches, he still looks good. He got he got the natural older man weight, weight in yeah. the face, but he's still a good looking dude. But most boxers don't finish like that, right? Most box, especially uh, lighter skin boxers, white guys, light skin Hispanic dudes, right? They they get cut up, they get abused, they get scarred. He doesn't look like that. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, Ali in his prime, he called himself, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty. And Ali was a good-looking dude. 
You know, so when you look at a guy like Ali, Sugar Ray Leonard, same situation, De La Hoya, you know, people want to tend to think because these motherfuckers are pretty boys that they don't bring it as much as the, the, the non-pretty boys. And it'd be the pretty boys knocking these hardcore motherfuckers the fuck out, which is what I loved about the Vargas thing. And I'm jumping a little bit, but, well, before I jump, let me go ahead and say this, because I remember when I talked to you on the phone, this was something that you said got in your crawl. I love when Oscar, because the big deal for him, and, I, and Larry Merchant alluded to it was, yeah, you're knocking a lot of people out, you're winning these fights, but when are you going to knock somebody out of substance? When are you going to knock somebody out who counts? And for him, Chavez was a major milestone. And it's crazy because they said something to the extent of uh, the, the, the hardcore Mexican fans are side with Chavez because he's one of them. And they wouldn't give Oscar his credit within the community. And, and, and I love when Oscar acknowledged, listen, man, I'm Mexican. My family is Mexican. I was born in America. And, and therefore, I'm proud to be an American. Where I think the hardcore vatos, the hard Mexicans, they look at Oscar like, here's a guy who acknowledges himself as an American, then a Mexican. Whereas a guy like Chavez is Mexican first, American citizen second. And, and, and even Oscar said, I articulate well, I'm lighter skinned, I'm extremely handsome, you know, he's treated like a rock star. He rubs elbows with the elites and movie stars. And the hardcore Mexicans can't relate to that. Whereas Chavez is from the streets. He's a man of the people. And so that was an interesting thing to hear him have that dilemma that, again, so many of our people have had within our community. Light skin versus dark skin. You know, field Negroes versus house Negroes. There's that divide in the Mexican community, too. Yeah. And it's, it's and it, it's just listening to you right now is making me even more angry. This is where I and I have this conversation on the podcast in in ways I never said it this directly. I don't think, but I brought up Mexican American and then African American, and we're, and um, the the fact is American, and the 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 idea that some, <laughs> the idea that Mexicans in this country that are American, that are Americans and siding. Like, oh, yeah, he's not this, he's not that. Neither are you, motherfucker. You can't go to Mexico where they embrace you like you're the, you're, you're the truth. You're part of the Mexican culture of Mexico. You're not. We're not. And it pisses me off. It pisses me off because you're American. And the, the, the divide between lighter skin and darker skin, maybe lighter skin dudes, you see, have a, ha, you feel like it has a leg up, so he's not as real as, as me because I'm darker and I have to go through Fuck all that shit, man. This is, if we can't get it together as our own people, why should any of those other people care about what the fuck we do? If we can't get it together first, and this is where it was with me, and I've said this before, man, I, I, was, I, I was too dark to be, I was too dark for the Jewish side, and I was too light for the Mexican side. I didn't fit in on either side. And then you, and then people on this podcast, why do you tap dance around this? Why do you do that? Because I've seen everyone. I seen what America is. I seen what white folks are. I see what my Mexican side of my family is. I see what my Jewish side of my family is. And fuck them all, because the only thing you can do is be a human. And if you want to be American, step up, because this American land of opportunity gives you the ability to do it. And yeah, it may be harder. There may be a different path that you have to take if you are if you come from a different thing besides white European. 
but you take the path and America will fucking give you the opportunity to get there. The path may be harder. I'm sorry. I can't make anybody's path. Some people that are just regular white European dudes have a hard path too. We don't know what their path is. We only walk in our shoes, but we want to tell everybody their path is easier. I didn't walk their path either, so I don't know. I don't have the answer to that question. What I can tell you is I can see how fucked up we make our paths. Well, listen, man, that's why, you know, that's what I loved about De La Hoya, though. It's like for all of this shit that they wanted to throw at him in terms of not being this and not being that, well, I'll tell you what what he was was a legit motherfucker with them hands. And, and, and the fact that it's like he beat Chavez the first time, but he really beat him the second time. He had to. He had to because, uh, again, he th- that <laughs> it, he didn't beat him enough because it wasn't good enough. And and then even after he beat him, it was still well. That was an old guy. He well, Chavez, it. after he beat him the first time, kind of gave an excuse. Was, after the second whooping, he said, "You beat me, man." Yeah, but even even in boxing, the the, the boxers, the uh, the analysts, the people who do everything, the the the, the talking heads around it. Usually when you win a fight, you win a fight. Yeah, they may, unless it's, unless there's some really shady shit going on. But usually when you win the fight, you won the fight and they'll say, no, you know, he wasn't on the top of his game. No, they wanted to give him a little, they didn't want him to have it because he is uh, honestly, and this, this goes past even just being just the Hispanic side that he's on. He's just too pretty for fighting. And, and I think, you know, when we do this prettier, prettier fighters, Harper's Bazaar, as you just said, right. They don't want the sport to be taken over by these guys. Now, good looking. You know, I hate when I see a really good looking it's, comic. It's, it's straight jealousy. Matt, Matt Rife. Okay. But he brings it. That's yeah. what I love. It, it, it's one thing if you a pretty motherfucker and, and your skill, if your skill level is, yeah, then that shit goes away. Yeah, but still, like, I'm going to bring up Matt Rife because he's a good looking comic. He's killing it right now. Right. He's one of the top sellers in the game right now here in comedy. But I was like, dude, you're a good looking dude. You couldn't find another gig. <laughs> comedy's not for comedy's for people that are supposed to kind of be heard and seen a little I bit. I get what you're saying with that, and that's funny from a comedic standpoint. But you do respect the fact that this motherfucker comedically brings it. He's, multi, he's very talented. Not, I'm not saying that he's not talented, oh. but he could have had great talent in another direction too. Jeff Dye, another good looking dude that I'm like, right. dude, go do some. I respect their comedy chops. They both have great comedy right. chops. What I'm saying is, and I respect obviously what uh, what a good looking dude can do in any whatever they're doing. Right. But sometimes when you're working with that dude, and it's not something that requires your good looks, and you're there hustling, and now someone else is there looking great, and you're like, oh man. I just thought I just always thought that was stupid, and I didn't I didn't understand that within the Mexican community. It's like if I'm a Mexican, and De La Hoya is Mexican. You don't want him, you don't want to claim him or or or, or say he represents you because he looks like a model or because he's so successful and he rubs elbows with movie stars. He's still Mexican. He's still you. He re- How do you be proud of that? Because he represents you unless someone else you feel is representing you more. That's what it was. Oh, someone else so was representing silly. you more. If he was fighting a regular white dude, then they would have been on his side. If he was fighting a black dude, they would have been on his side. It's it's that he was fighting. Uh, he was fighting another a Mexican that they feel was like the real Mexican. And I, and, and, and I fuck all you guys that don't like how I say it anyway. I have little speech issues. You know, I don't go a- to your issues. issues. You do. Yeah, you yeah. Do. Issues. So I should go to your house and tell you what your fucking problems are. <laughs> right. uh, so it's, this is, this is the way that we just, we, we are as in, in our packs, when we are in our little packs, we run with the people that we feel 
take care of us the most. Well, it's it funny that you said that because one of the things they said specifically when he fought Trinidad, which was another big deal because Trinidad was undefeated. He was pretty much undefeated. They both were considered uh, dynamite fighters. Um, and they said, you know, the Mexican people are going to borrow him for this one because Trinidad's Puerto Rican. Yeah. So even the hardcore Mexicans who don't really like De La Hoya for this fight, they're going to borrow him. He's Mexican today. And I just, it reminds me when Neri was like, you know, if somebody gets mad because there's a role for her Hispanic person and instead of casting someone who's Nicaraguan, they cast somebody who's Cuban. He's like, fucking take the win. They're Latin. Yeah, but see, we're, this is America and we're very American in this way. And people don't even realize it. First of all, we're so American. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain how American we all are. Mexican dudes, uh, we say Latin or, or we will say Hispanic or we'll say whatever words you want to use. Not necessarily... Mexicans do that. Not necessarily Puerto Ricans do it, but America does that. They just make them Hispanic and they throw them on that table and we all are supposed to be happy. Black dudes, you're not all same place. You're not, are you, are you black? Are you an American black dude or are we, are, are all black dudes from the same place? Jamaicans don't put up with that shit. Jamaicans aren't, aren't African and they're not American blacks. They're, they're Jamaican and they get irritated about it, but we just label them all, all black. America does that. And then when we were having this conversation, Asian, we kept saying Asian, Asian. Why aren't there more parts for Asian? Koreans, Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese, they all see themselves completely different. The way we're supposed to do this is we're supposed to see ourselves as Americans. If we really listen to what we're doing, we cause all these problems by our, our ability to try to separate each other. And we don't even we don't separate our groups. And then within our groups, we separate each other. But we don't separate each other. We let America do that. We're Americans, man. And, 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 and this is why this whole thing with him really resonates with me, because this is what I talk about, being American first. If you're American, I know that America doesn't treat everyone the same way. I said there's different paths for everybody, but the opportunity is there at the end. you got to fight for that opportunity. And the, the more you fight for it and the more of those that fight for it, the more it's there. I just can't, I, I can't look at it any other way because I see other countries do things in a different way. And then I see people go to people from this country that are American that all fall into these other categories. And they talk about the other places that they came from is the, they're not great places. People left those places because they weren't great. And then they came here for better. And then you don't take it. You have to take advantage of it. Or they leave those places or they're, they're taken from those places and you're not welcome back. They don't care about you in those places. You're not them anymore. I, 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 we have a responsibility to try to fucking fix this here. You mentioned the Asian thing. I just like saying Korean. <laughs> Korean. Fucking I wish life. I was Asian because then I wouldn't get in trouble because I can say Korean. I can say Japanese, Chinese, Vietnamese. I get in trouble because I don't say Mexican right. My entertainment uh, guy who does my... Uh, my my TVs and my all my electronic guys, my my home theater guy, he's Korean. So when he called, he just talks like that. He's, Aries, I'm here. I, you've, we've done a lot of business together. You know, I love your service. His Korean. <laughs> um. Yeah, man. I, you, and listen, I again, I'm a fight fan. So I, I was I was at the De La Hoya Vargas fight. 
And the way Vargas on the podium was like, the only difference is I'm a real Mexican with fucking balls. And then, of course, De La Hoya went up and played it cool, but he kind of addressed it. Then they had a little bit of a shoving match. And I'm just telling you, man, I, it, the whole time I'm, I, I'm watching this, the whole time I was there, I was cringing because I'm going, dude, you cannot be that cocky and expect life not to humble you. And man, did he get humbled. I mean, like all the, like I said, at the weigh-in, the flexing, he did steroids. He talking about he the real Mexican with balls. And De La Hoya beat the snot out that motherfucker. Okay, this is, the, this is why this also happens. Um, and for I know this for a fact because I watched this with my with my mom and my dad. My dad was always a De La Hoya fan. When my mom started noticing De La Hoya, like noticing, like, yeah, right. Now all of a sudden he's rooting for somebody else. <laughs> Your dad? <laughs> yeah. How is that? Why is that? Because and that's what a lot of Mexicans do. But this macho shit that we do. Yeah, they didn't like him because he was a pretty, pretty boy. boy. He might take your bitch. And the girls were like all about All him. about him. And so now you're picking the other fighter. Right. Not because you're thinking he's a better fighter. Not because you want to root for him. It's because your girl thinks he's hot. That's That was a big deal. That was a yeah. big deal. Yeah. But then, like I said, that's what I loved about him. You know, sleep on me if you want to because I got these movie star looks. I'll beat the shit out of you. And he was the dude. And, and I love when his brother said, which was so true, or his best friend, De La Hoya ducked nobody. He ducked nobody. And it's like he fought everybody pretty much in their prime, except, you know, Pacquiao, who was, Oscar was the older guy, but, and he lost terribly. And I, I don't know if, I, even if Oscar was in his prime, he would have beat him. But he fought everybody. And the fact that he fought, Bernard Hopkins, nobody, nobody thought he was going to beat Bernard Hopkins. Bernard was a natural middleweight, but he took the chance. And Bernard said, I respected that. And he didn't run. He, got, he tried to stand there and fight me. And he said, but there was no way he was going to beat me. And I was at that fight, too, when he ended with the body shot. So it's like, again, you look at De La Hoya, put the pretty boy thing aside. He had the goods. He didn't run. He fought. When you see someone get taken out from a body shot, though, is, is it look more devastating and live? Because it, I, when you're watching I, I, I on TV... I can't believe that that did that. Yeah, because when you're watching it on TV, right. it doesn't look like that's enough. Like, right, enough. I'm going, word. But I, I've, heard, <laughs> I've heard boxers say, hey, that shuts you down, yeah, nigga. Yeah, when it... Disp- when, when that when hits your organs, liver, that yeah. shuts you down. One of the coldest body shots was Roy Jones on Virgil Hill. I don't know if you remember that one. No. He hit that motherfucker. Devon used to joke and say he hit that motherfucker with the body shot. And when Virgil Hill curled up in the fetal position and laid on his side, his people should have just put a blanket over him and a pillow (laughs) under his head and let him sleep. (laughs) It was over. Um, But yeah, man. uh, Yeah, man. It it just, it just, he, he, to me, De La Hoya was such a throwback. I know it was the 90s and, and people credit the 80s as the gritty era, and the 90s was, I don't know if I should, I don't like using the word glitz because it makes it seem like the shine doesn't make it as authentic. But like how they say in rap, the 90s was the golden era. That 90s era, that welterweight, welterweight division, even the heavyweight division, which was Lennox, Tyson, Holyfield, Michael Moore, a little bit of George Foreman. That was just a great fucking time. I'm going to tell you who I wish, and it, it, they, they fought too late. Or, or he was too old. 
But man, a prime Hector Macho Camacho versus De La Hoya? I give that to Macho, who was just quicker and grittier. But did, but didn't De La Hoya have a little bit more power in the punch? Didn't Oscar? I mean, didn't uh, Macho? Yeah. I, I think so. He was. He wasn't I as fast. So. I don't think he was as fast. Not, but that to me would have been so exciting because it would have been like, "What's going to win? Power or speed?" Because as quick as De La Hoya was, Yo Macho Camacho was lightning fast. I think faster than De La Hoya with both hands, footwork. But yeah, Oscar had that power. Oscar had that power. In that it would. It would have been. You're right. That would have been. Something. That would have been a fight, boy. Um, dude, let me see. And this is where I go. How fucked up is this with De La Hoya's dad? He goes, if my son would have fought Chavez when Chavez was younger, Chavez would have whooped my son. See, why do you say that? Because his dad's, this is where I say, this is where your dad is angry because he didn't make it. Because he didn't make but it. But you say that about your yeah, son? Yeah, because. Who, 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 mind you, because you're living through him vicariously, is this successful fucking boxer who's putting you in a home. Who's making sure you're rich and set for life, giving you the cars and all the shit you want? And you say that? Yeah, because that's you, fucked up. Because you're mad that it wasn't you. You're mad that it's him, even if you're living vicariously through him. Do, do uh, have you? Do you got any notes about the communist? Uh, his trainer, the communist guy, the one uh, he went to, the second one when he got yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh, dude, I I think it's funny that uh, I, I I like if you're gonna get a, bo- a tra- boxing trainer. You want someone? I want a communist boxing trainer. <laughs> I want someone that's been through some shit like that, and right? And, and it is hard. But I, I just thought that was funny because you're talking about the dad, and, and that other man was seemed like more of a father to him, right? Uh, to De La Hoya, which I never understood why when De La and I, here's what I noticed in this thing too, man. Like De La Hoya got rid of him. Like when De La Hoya would lose, he clear camp and start all over with new people. And it seemed like he made a lot of excuses, man. Like, like he, like, like he'll go, uh, you know, he said, when I, when I, when I was in training camp for Pacquiao, I was drunk. Uh, when he didn't win a fight with, I forget what fight it was in particular, he blamed the trainers. When he, when he, when he, when he talked about how he wasn't there for his kids, he said, you know, I feel bad about the fact that I wasn't there for my son when he was a kid. Then he takes a beat and goes, but I'm here now. I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, like he makes excuses, man. Sounds like his dad, though, doesn't it? Huh? Right. I like, you know who I, I liked his brother who just admitted, man, I just didn't want to get up in the morning. I right. didn't, I didn't want to run. I didn't want to. He just, there's no excuses with him. He was just like, he was proud of his brother. In the end, he's proud of his brother. Right. Uh, I liked that he got his ass kicked by his brother that let him know that it was that he couldn't be that the big brother anymore. Anymore. He said he hit me with a gut punch and I said, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but I like how he just said, no, nah, that wasn't my place. I, I just I didn't have the discipline, the heart, the soul to be a boxer. Right. And, and so there's some honesty in that in that household. But I mean, you really you know, we're getting uh, this is a, a, a particular uh, vision of that. Household, and it's mainly coming from De La Hoya. So, um, 
where, where what else do you notice though? Because I know we're almost at that yeah, hour. I, I, you know, I, no, no, I don't really have uh, that that many more. Maybe one or two more. Okay, so this is just the, yeah. This episode. Um, uh, what did you think though when you did see the photos? The the did you think they were? Did you believe they were fake uh, well, when, they, when they said it was no, fake? No, I didn't believe that it was fake at all. Uh, but here's my question to you. So if and I don't think De La Hoya is gay, I don't. But if you're a guy who likes to wear pantyhose and heels and women's shit, I don't believe he's gay. I don't believe that makes you gay. Does it make you gay? No, it doesn't make you gay. What does it make you? It, it made him cross-dressing for a moment. But here's what, here's what I would say about it. it. It doesn't sound, and I don't know because I'm not there, but from what I saw, from what was advertised, from how they, they describe it, it wasn't something that he was going out and doing on a regular basis. It sounded like he was... The, 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 this girl, the, she let talks tell about it. it. She t- let her tell it. Let her explain how it was. That he felt very safe, and it was connecting with a feminine side that he didn't get from mainly his. That he didn't get from his mom. He had some issues there on the, that side, and he dressed up. And it looked like I'm going to be honest. When I saw it, if you take the sexual part out of it, if it wasn't sexual, and it's hard to say that's not. But it looked like he was having fun. I was doing dress up. I mean, if you if, like a gag, like you're going to go out for Halloween and do it. Do you know what I mean? Well, if you're going to do it for Halloween, you have a great alibi. Yeah. It's Halloween. Right. I, I, but, but, that's but I can it, tell you, there's black dudes hearing this right now going, nah, you gay, cuh. <laughs> but no, but he, he, if he's staying at the house with his the girl and he's just he's dressing up. In and private. And they're having like this little like uh, lady pajama party. Jesus. <laughs> I, I, it's, it, I, there's more nuance to it than you're just gay. Just because you wore you wore that doesn't mean you're gay. It just is a bottom line. It's you're not because you tried that on. No, you gay, cuh. But I don't. But it, it, there is some questions of why why you're doing that. I mean, I would like you know. I think that that would something that if I was in that situation, I'd be going to my therapist to get some explanations. I'd want to have an. I would want to have a better understanding than. It felt good on a Tuesday when I was all fucked up and with my girl. How shitty was it the way he broke up with his first girl? She sees him at the Latin Grammys with the new bitch. He comes home. And prior to give you guys some context, before he goes, she had already been speculating that he had been doing shit. So like most men who feel like they're in the doghouse or they're about to be, he went and bought her a, a tenant. What, a tennis bracelet? Tennis bracelet, whatever yeah, you call tennis it. Tennis bracelet. And said, uh, hey, listen, I'm going to go do this thing over here, decorate the house, make it however you want. You know, I'm going to give you the illusion that I want you to be happy, whatever it takes. Cut to, he leaves. She sees him on TV with this other broad. He comes back, they're in the car. He simply tells her, I have more money than God. I don't love you anymore. Gets out the car, walks on her side, taps on her window and basically says, and the divorce, don't be too hard on me. See ya. Well, that's some crummy shit. <laughs> it's crummy, but he, dude, that's almost like walking away from your marriage and just going, dun, 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 dun. That's the end of the show. Oh, well. <laughs> a, I mean, if you could do it, I mean. Listen, as shitty as that <laughs> is for her, or it could be for any woman, it's like, okay, you're going to lose, but lose big or lose small. At least, you got to throw the at least in there. He let her keep the car. She's going to get paid. Be set for life. It doesn't. It doesn't take away from the. It doesn't cover up that it's a shitty thing. It, to do. it was really shitty. And she's, you know, she's not. Uh, she's a. She's still a big deal. I mean, she doesn't look that great she, now. Now, but she was, you know, she was pretty hot back then. She was on. She had her own reality show at one time. She was. Well, I think she was married to Travis Barker, the drummer for. Uh, uh, was it Blink? 
Blake one eighty two. Yeah, I think so. Right. I don't know. I, I just know it's Travis Barker. Uh, I mean, she had a good. She had a good life. I mean, if you, someone doesn't love you anymore and they're willing to go out, I mean, at least. I mean, it sounds horrible, but get get it done. Get it done and move on because you're not going to make it right. better by hanging on forever. But the way he did it was really shitty. Uh, and then you, you show up at the Grammys with a whole other girl. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I, have a, I, have, I have to wonder if the women after her could know or knew what he did. Would that affect how they treat him or want to be with him? Because at the end of the day, they know, well, he wants me. And, I, and if I get with the cash cow and he marries me, kids, the whole thing, I'm set for life. I'm living a great life. So I don't care what he did shitty to that other broad because now it's my turn to benefit. What morally, shouldn't they go, nah, you a bad dude, yo. Well, okay. Again, I do like the way they did this doc because they didn't just, it is really kind of from his perspective, but he does allow other people to have their own words and it doesn't get diluted uh, by just his thoughts. But let me ask you this question. Uh, you say to her, hey, don't be too hard on me in the divorce, whatever you walk away from it. Yeah, it's a shitty thing to do. There must have been something that was wrong in that relationship that he, he, he just, I don't think it was, they made it feel in that like it was just a replacement. Like, uh, I mean, I'm with this girl I, right. and now I'm with this girl. You don't really, that's not how relationships really dissolve. You know, I, I can't say that I disagree with you. But I can't say that I totally agree with you because I still believe there is another level to, to life and fame and money. And when you are at that level that I know nothing about, I, sometimes I think it's just as simple as a, a, a kind of like a big rich kid with all the toys. I'm tired of that one. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But I have the option to do this over here. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. But then... If you had that option and you're tired of it and you're that person, I mean, I mean, I didn't hear a whole lot about Jeff Bezos divorce. I mean, that's like the ultimate money divorce, right? Um, hundred and whatever, almost $200 billion. Yeah. And they, they separate and she gets her 60 something billion dollars. He got his, it wasn't, there was a switch there. I'm not, I, I can't compare them because I don't really know, but if you're, but I'm comparing to what you're saying. Do I have enough? I'm the richest guy. I can just move on. There, it's more like that, not mm -hmm. like. Uh, I would think it would be more that it would be more uh, uh, white cloth napkins. You know, right. the dinner. The, the dinner's over. You clean your face. <laughs> you put the napkin down and go. I'm done with this dinner. I would like not to have dinner with you ever again. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I think I want to have dinner with some other people now. So uh, this is over. I, I would think it would be kind of more like that. Uh, but who knows? Who knows what makes people... He had a horrible relationship with his mom, and I think that's going to always bleed into the relationships that you have with uh, your significant other. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that I noticed that was kind of uh, similar was, like, I got to imagine, when you're... Like, when you look at a guy like, again, Oscar, and then I thought a little bit about Richard Pryor, where it's like, when you're so famous, so successful, so popular, so wanted... It, it just comes a certain level of 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 boredom and uh what's the word I'm looking for? Not privilege, but where like it's your feel like it's your birthright. Like like you you're owed this. 
I don't know what word that would be, but yeah, I understand so what you're trying time. to say. But, but anyway, it's just like whenever he got bored, it, it was like eh, time to move on. And 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 then you know when he wasn't boxing and he couldn't get the 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 adulation and the praise that one would get from doing what they do, in comes the alcohol, the, the drugs, looking for things to help numb you or get you past what you're going through. And then you know again like with Richard Pryor, he never could commit. He dude was married half a dozen times. But the- he never could commit to any one woman, and then you throw drugs into his situation. You know, De La Hoya couldn't commit to his own kids. He couldn't commit to a relationship. He's fucking partying and doing all he... But his parents were never committed to him. He he was doing what he had learned. I, I, what, I'm, what I mean, look, look at most people, when they when you move away from someone and you're bored, it's because of you. You're, you're, you can't find that the, the thing in you. Alcohol and drug use comes because of how you feel about yourself, not how you feel about someone else. So, you know, there's very few people that are complete, and especially in, in the business that you're in and entertainment in general. I mean, not comedy, just this business. I mean, the only one I can think of, who has a great, who has a great, there, there's a few people. Uh, I know Adam Sandler is one of them. He's been with his, his uh, wife forever, I think, 27. Right. You know, they have a good, it seems like they have a good relationship. Uh, uh, Steven Spielberg and Cape Capshaw, but I mean, he had to go through a different thing, and he had problems with his, his, his mother. Uh, if you watched that, you didn't. You never watched that movie about him. Right? No, but I saw the doc, and they they alluded to. Yeah, that. yeah. Okay, so um, you know, it's it's it, it's. I think all of us as people have hard times, but I think in that in that industry, the entertainment industry, the people that have problems with themselves are very attracted to that industry because when you go into entertainment, uh, a lot of people are going there to get away from who they are in the first place because you get to be someone else, and you get adulation, you get people to love you. Uh, unqualified love, like I'm, fu- like I'm funny. They love me, and that's that's where the love comes from. You don't need to actually do anything for anybody or have a connection or an, have to give of yourself. So I think that's a lot of the reasons why people that are, are broken are in entertainment. Now, I, I know he was an athlete, so he's in sports, but sports is entertainment. But his is a little different. But he was he right. wasn't he was a high profile boxer where, I mean, he's, he's running with entertainers. He's in a different position than a lot of other boxers. Uh, my last thing is, uh, I thought the most gangsterish shit ever. And this, this, and, and this spoke to his business acumen, uh, as the fact that, you know, he lost to Bernard Hopkins and, and lost in a, in a hell of a fashion. And then he recruits the guy to join forces with him to start his own uh, boxing promotion company. And I love when Bernard Hopkins said, uh, I'll do this with you as long as we don't become who we despise. And the idea of two boxers who've walked the walk, talked the talk, are going, we are going to help other boxers. But because we're boxers, we're not going to do them dirty. We're not going to Don King them. We're not going to Bob Arum. And that kind of honesty... Uh, not to mention the the business savvy that it took to do that. that that's you got to respect that, man. Again, it's America, and you can do anything and accomplish anything you want. The problem is, in America, we relate how you do something by how someone else has done something. It's how you do it. There's no. But way- in business, most people aren't that honest or, or no, no, or, or no, they're good. not, but you have to find your own path. And that's why when you find your own path, when you don't try to follow on someone else's foot, could there, if you don't try to do something that someone else has done, 
If you do your own thing, you can find your path. And that's what I just mean about we can't follow how someone else did something. The ultra successful people in this country are people who found their own path. They've all found their own path. I, I mean, you know, okay. And what I mean by this, he's a boxer, but found a path to become the ultra successful person that he was. He's not as successful right now because he's still going through some shit, but he found a path. Michael Jordan found a path. He found his own path. It was through Nike, but he, and he had a lot of help getting there, but he had the right development, the right business, the right acumen. He did it himself. He figured out a way. Jay-Z found his path. There's all people who have done this before him, but they all find their own path to old. You can't follow everybody else. You got to find your own path. And I think that's, that's what America's here for. If you want to redo something, if you want to re-envision it, you can do it, but you got to find your own path. And that's, that's what he was able to do. Like, he's accomplished so much. And, cha- and he actually changed boxing for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's, there's an ability here. And there's lessons to be learned. But we, I mean, if you want a job, and I hate to say this, but if you want a job, if you want a factory job uh, or a job. If that's any of you are tired of working for humps like that, See me, I'm at the Biltmore Hotel. <laughs> You're welcome. You're all welcome. Only because you said if you need a job. Yeah. Hey, you got a job, man. All right. I love that. But you know, that's what I mean though. If you uh if you want a regular job, yeah, you're gonna go through the, the you're gonna go through all the problems because you're you're fighting with everybody else who wants that same job. If you want a life, if you wanna this this is the thing. America doesn't give you anything different if you want the same thing. It gives you the same shit, it feeds you the same shit everybody is eating. Some people get a better helping. Some people get a little bit from a better side. But if you want your own path, that's when America kicks in. What about Ernie? Ernie, you want a job? Sure, Tony. All right, you come see me tomorrow. I'll give you a job. All right. You got a job. (laughs) (laughs) So that's it. Uh, Check it out, y'all. The Golden Boy is what it's called. Uh, two-part documentary. It's really good. I gave him a fucking boxing lesson. I do 180 more punches, more fucking punches. Used to do a good one, man. That wasn't bad though, right there. No, that, my they, voice that, when it that, was, that end had that, that, that yeah. end little had had the right. Uh, yeah. So. All right, guys. Oh, some dates, man. How about some dates? <clears throat> We're in Raleigh right now. Uh, recording this, but uh, when you listen to this, oh, we're going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Comedy Zone. Next week. That's it. The 17th through the 20th. Come on out, see us there. Uh, I like Charlotte, man. And then uh, I just got a call from uh, from Gail. Gail! See, you got Gail. How could you say that, Gail? I got a call from Gail. Uh, we're going to be out there, though, the 24th through the 27th at Tommy T's in Pleasanton, California. That's Northern He's California. my friend, Gail. Big shows coming up uh, in uh, Philadelphia. Hey, We're going to be at Helium uh, August 31st through September 3rd. Are we going to Pat's? Of course. I got to put that into my plan, into my schedule here for my uh, uh, eating now. I'm trying this. Are you mad because Adrian left you? She didn't leave, Paulie. She died. Okay, 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 Rock. I didn't think it was supposed to be the heart. Oh, that's right. We're going to go climb those stairs, the steps. I'm going to watch you. Come on, man. I'm watch you, man. Listen, I'm going to climb them. I'm doing this intermittent fasting. I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to give it a fuck. I'm giving it a help. I didn't eat today until 2. I can eat till 10. 
I, I didn't go crazy. As long as you don't eat cuff and link. Cuff and link. Uh, then September seventh uh, through the tenth, we're going to be at the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Not Bridgeport. Bridgeport. not the one in Jersey. No, not yes, Bridgeport, Connecticut. Yeah, we're going to go have some uh, bees. Some bees pizza. And then, uh, let's see, September 15th through the 17th, we're going to be in Louisville. That's all, Mom, Lolly, I'm the greatest. You're going to see me, I'm the greatest. I thought, George Follow, I thought, Sonny Listen, I thought your face is very full of I'm pretty, so I don't have a mark on my face. I've been knocked down, but I've never been knocked down. Hmm, I'm the greatest. That's good for now. It's good for now. It's good for now. All right, that's Get it. your tickets, man. Come hey, out. man, real quick. So, uh, I said I wasn't going to do it, but I did it. Uh, I watched the first episode of Winning Time. What'd you think? Oh, it's great, good, right? It's great. I uh, love how they do that break the fourth wall, talk to camera shit. Yeah, it it, it really fits into that idea yeah. of how they're doing it. Yeah, uh, and it looks like they're gonna have Larry Bird doing that a lot in yeah. this uh, coming up. But um, I don't think I'm gonna watch anymore. I thought you might. You don't want to do them two at a time. You're right. Let's do that. You're right. You're right. Well, how do you guys think we should do it? Just tell us. We're sending. Well, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, about. two at a time, or do you want the whole thing at once? In other words. Do you want me to put the dick in a little bit and stroke what I put in and then work it till I get it all the way in? Or you just want one gigantic shot at once in the motherfucker? I don't even want to talk about it anymore now. (laughs) (laughs) That's the show. Get a lean on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house, and I get to say. Got it?